Be the right club today. Yes! I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different? All right, welcome back, everybody, to the No Laying Up podcast for the first time in months. We've got all four No Laying Up guys on the line at the same time. we got Neil calling in all the way from San Francisco. Yo, hey, great Tron. to be here. Tron calling in from Atlanta. And Phil, I'm, are you in Michigan, Ohio? Where are you? I don't even know where you are these days. I'm in northern Michigan at the moment, but that's that's only temporary. He's in pure Michigan. I'd say more, but I like staying low on the grid. <laughs> you won't tell us what part of Michigan he's in. But uh, We're recording this on Monday night. Uh, September the 8th, yesterday, Billy Horschel won the BMW Championship at Cherry Hills, outlasting Jerry Lester Watson Jr. by two shots. Uh, first of all, what do you guys think of Cherry Hills uh, hosting a playoff event? What did you think of how it appeared on TV, how it played for the for the guys, and would you want to go back there? Um, I, I liked it. I think it was a fun course from a, viewers, from a viewing uh, perspective. I, I thought a uh, good mix of yeah, they had the short par four, um, some certainly reachable par fives. I guess when you're at altitude, kind of everything's reachable. Um, it was kind of chilly, though. Like It was chilly, yeah. I, I was a fan. I, I was a fan overall. I'd love to see him go back. Kind of reminded me of a, a little bit of a West Coast Marion, just a fun kind of old-school track, um, ball strikers course. Yeah, I was surprised uh, how low, uh, the scores were protected pretty well. I thought it, it's a pretty short course, especially considering the altitude and the fact that they got rain. They had so many very reachable holes. I think Bubba was putting for Eagle, somebody said, like four times on Saturday, three or four times. Like, And still he only managed to shoot 12 under par for the whole week. I was surprised that the course stayed that protected. Yeah, there was. I think if it wouldn't have rained, too, like they were saying, you know, these, these greens can get – Mega firm, um, but yeah, I think the Marion comparison is pretty apt. Um, but at the same time, too, I, I really, you know, I like the fact. I think Mountain Times, Mountain Times is the best home home by far. <laughs> so you know, I love I love coming home and you know the coverage coverage is on until like seven or eight p.m. every night. Um, the first the first couple nights, which was great. You know, not that. But you still yeah, have guys out of the course at six when you get home from work. It's great. Yeah, that four to eight TV window. I, I yeah, kind of like that as well. That's tasty. I think it's it crazy also, that, the, that, that the tour has it's the first time they've been back to Denver in like six years, I think, five or six years. If you look at a map of like where, if you just like track how the tour moves across the country, it's by far the most random tour stop of the entire year. Like there's nothing in the middle of the country at all, at all. And there's, I don't, I don't know if there's another tournament within 800 miles of this. I mean, it's so, it's so random that they went there in the middle of September, but uh, I don't think it could have gone much better for them. But you got, well, I mean, I don't think there's anything else in the within 800 miles of Denver as it is, as far as big cities. In any case, KC and KC and Salt Lake are probably the closest ones, right? Probably. Yeah, you had Arizona. Arizona. The other thing that really shone through on the telecast is how bossy the membership there was like like 
I think Rich Lerner called it a venerable track like 95 times. And, you know, Elway's just walking around on his Blackberry. I meant to ask, though. Oh, I meant to ask. Guy, I mean, why the long face all weekend? What was he so upset about? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, did David Duvall mention whether or not he's a member, too, on the coverage? I couldn't tell. And then Mark Weeby, too. Weeby was like, yeah, we got, you know, we got some guys that can just play in this membership. I was like, all right, you know, this is a dick measuring contest here. (laughs) They said it's, uh, it's, it's written. It's written in the bylaws that they have to stage major golf, like big golf events here. Was this, yeah. <laughs> that one day, I was that's like, okay, awesome. That's, yeah. Well, I looked compared to the event in Boston, which was, correct me if I'm wrong, a trash dump before it became a golf course. I thought the uh, Cherry Hills track was lush, um, and loved the final two holes. Not a lot Ew. of drama there. You, you hate to see Sergio lay up, but oh god. Seen. Watching that hole down the stretch was great. Yeah, Todd and Phil, uh, it's up to you. You got to defend your boy there. For those that weren't watching, Sergio down by two, playing the 71st hole, had 253 into the par five, 17th hole. Green, it's an island green surrounded by water, but at altitude, 250 plays probably closer to 220, and he laid up to 83 yards and then proceeded to make eight. I, I I really don't know what he was doing. I it, in real time it was re- it was kind of surreal. It was like the only thought I had was like he must have money on Horschel, <laughs> someone not himself. Like it was just so amazing. First the layup. Oh, I will he, say. The, okay, I, I like, get the layup. All right, but then he airmails completely. Airmails a lob wedge. All right, and then he you know, blades it. Yeah, maybe the altitude, yeah, maybe, you know, wrong number. But then he hits this little scalded chip back across into the water. It's like, you know, you can, that's a 20 handicapper chip. I mean, it was just, it was incredible. It was awesome. It really was awesome. <laughs> I will say, I, I mean, watching the, I watched a lot of coverage Thursday, Friday, and I saw so many guys hit so many just skanky shots on that hole. Like, there were dudes in, on 17 and 18, because that drive on 18 is tough, too. And dudes were hitting it in the water, but, like, not, like, dribbling it in the water. They were, like, guys were flying it 40 yards into the water. So, did, like, you see, did you see KJ Choi go in the water, I think, on yeah, Friday? Yeah. Oh, my God. That ball was, that ball was closer to Nicholson hit one the, in. I was yeah. just like, whoa, man. <laughs> it wasn't close. It wasn't close. So, Nicholson may have been fun. intentional. I like that first. I like the first hole, the drivable par four. Like that's a fun way to get started. Yeah, that was sweet, man. Yeah, there was a there was a good. Like I thought there was a lot of holes that were kind of like par three and a half and par four and a half, which yeah. was the most interesting to me. It's like yeah, you don't want a hole playing perfectly even par. Like you want a hole that guys can kind of differentiate themselves on. And those par those drivable par fours. Like if you didn't hit it in the right spot off the tee. You weren't making birdie. Like those were not easy holes. You had to hit really good shots to and to walk away with birdie. Yeah. yeah. Although, guys, although, I mean, I saw a couple of guys hit it in the water on one. They got up and down for a par. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I, I think the possibility for big numbers was present there. Yeah. 
Well, we made it this far, and we somehow, I don't even know if we, we haven't said a word about Horschel yet. This is a long time coming for us. We've been pulling for this guy for since the beginning of time. And the putter finally got hot. He led the, led the field in strokes game putting this week. Averaged almost three strokes per round gain on the field. He didn't even strike the ball that great all week. He just made everything he looked at, every putt he needed to. And he, did you guys see his quote? I, I don't know. I forget where I read it. Uh, he said this. He, I don't remember when he said it, but he Golf Digest tweeted it saying, if I was a betting man, yeah, I'd be betting on myself for the tour championship. Love it. Love he it. Once that 10 mil. He was the one, he was the first guy that really, I, I don't think it was his post round presser on, I think it was his post round presser on Saturday, maybe. He was saying how upset he was that like, you know, that he drops from solo second to a tie for second. Cause it dropped him out of the top 10. Like he's the first guy that really, him and trying to think somebody else was like, you know, obviously our goal at the beginning of the year is to make the tour championship. I'm like, what? That's your goal at the beginning of the year? Well, Horschel seemed like he's really genuinely interested in finishing well in the FedEx Cup, which I mean, you get yeah. ten million dollars on the line. But. Yeah, I think it's. I think it. He's trying to make some dough, man. You know what I mean? Like, I remember I read something about Jason Day recently, where when he first started, you know, playing professionally, it was all about money for him, and it kind of shows a little bit now with. Uh, and this is a little off topic, but you know he's how many how many runner up finishes does he have in big tournaments? He's always in the top ten. You know he's not necessarily winning tournaments. It seems like he's always maybe playing for the money. I kind of Horschel kind of strikes me as you know a guy that, that is trying to get paid, and I I respect that. <laughs> I yeah, I don't blame him at all. But I, think, I mean I, I love think, that. It's like he's out yeah, there trying I, to make a living. Well, I just think he's the only one that's really honest about it. I think a lot of these guys are playing for the money, but Horschel's always the guy who's going to tell you exactly what he thinks. I mean, he's just not I – mean, and it's good to see a lot of guys near the top that haven't printed money their entire career playing for this $10 million. Like, nobody wants to see Furyk win $10 more million. The guy's already oh, made man. Oh, sorry, your boy. You can you can talk about Furyk later. But I mean, I, the only one's, like, it's cool seeing $10 million, like change these guys' lives. I mean, Furyk – your shit wipes himself with ten million dollars. I mean, that wouldn't that wouldn't be a fun storyline at all. I mean, Horse will be double his or his career earnings if he won ten million dollars. True. Well, I mean, I think yeah. it shows some serious stones for Horschel to 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 rinse his to, like probably one of the biggest shots of his career. You know, a couple of days prior, and then he comes out and he backs that up and he's beyond it. He got over it. Yeah, and he didn't like to get back in that spot. Yeah, he took his game across the country, too. And I'll tell you what, when he's in his his address at the ball, it just looks like he's so locked in right now. He, like, takes the club back, like, halfway and and then just goes after the ball, driving the ball really well. It looks like he's swinging harder. We we all followed him around for 18 holes at Heritage. To me, it looks like he's swinging with – way more confident than he was back then. I mean, he just also looks like he's generating more club head speed, and there's he has just oozing confidence. He has complete confidence. He knows exactly where the ball is going. And he's, like, steer. Like I, I wrote this. He's, like, steering the ball, and you think it's way offline. It's literally, like, right center of the fairway. Like yeah. Perfect. But he's so locked in that he, that's, like, legitimately not a good shot in his eyes. He's, a, he's, a, he's, your, ball, he's your favorite ball striker's favorite ball striker. <laughs> he, he really is. It's a treat to watch. And I know we're kind of – we might be teetering on too much Billy Love. But he, he hits – he, 
it's fun to watch him hit the golf ball. And that's why, you know, when his putting's on, he, he can win he can win anything. It, he's world class ball striker. And uh, when you look at what he did last year, like when he was hot, he was hot for a while. That's why I I, I, uh, I bet him already twenty to one to win the tour championship. I mean, with twenty nine guys in the field, you can't tell me he doesn't have better chances than twenty to one to win at, at uh, East Lake. Yeah, but, I gotta give uh, props. To, I forget one of the uh, um, XM Golf Channel. I was listening to one of the previous shows one day, and those are your boys. Yeah, they are my boys. It might have been my boys, Paulson and Paulson. Um, but they were just saying how Terry Hills is um, just a ball striker's course because I believe the greens are, correct me if I'm wrong, they're POA, right? Yeah. yeah. And and so essentially it, it, putting on that surface um, neutralizes a lot of the putting ability from the very best putters. So it essentially shrinks the variance in putting to where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're – your bottom end putters are going to be drawn more towards the average. Your very good putters are going to be drawn backwards more towards the average. And they were saying, you know, it, it, look for guys like Delay. Um, they may have mentioned Horschel. I don't know specifically, but I mean, they nailed it. It was like Billy got hot, you know, got some confidence putting, and he hits it well enough. He, yeah, it, it was never really in doubt on Sunday. I, it was kind of close, but I, I. He never brought doubt into it, in my mind, at least. I don't know. Yeah. Every time you go back to the poet thing, I feel like the one thing that would negate that more at, say, Cherry Hills than, say, like Pebble, like Pebble's poet, too, is some of the slopes on the greens at Cherry Hills were just, like, ungodly terrifying, you know, where you got the factor front greens, you got, you know, you got, like, four-footers that on POA and with that slope, like, you know, you're hitting the ball two cups outside the hole and praying yeah. it breaks in. So, you know, I think that might negate some of that a little bit. But, you know, I'm surprised we didn't see more more tour sauce from Bubba in that regard. Like with with him just, you know, blaming a little bump here or there, like weeds on the green, man. How much to put with that shit? <laughs> well, I mean, he had a pretty poor putting league. I think Bubba like, lost strokes to the field. Uh, I was reading Mark Brody had a thing on BJTour.com about it. And uh, I guess Bubba would have putted worth a shit at all this week. He would have won, basically. But it's just really too bad that we didn't see that. That would have been that would have been really fun to see. I love yeah, the fact so. that Bubba's 37 and, like, he's not a good putter as it is. And your putter tends to – it tends to leave you as you get older. Like, like it's going to be glorious watching him, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? And uh, are you guys <laughs> and then and then just just piss it all away on the greens? It's gonna be um... <laughs> that'll make him go. Like that's enough to make you go insane too. Like that's the most frustrating golf to play. It it could be glorious. Well, like so these guys ran a very random question. Who's gonna play the Champions Tour out of guys from like that era? Like they're gonna make they're gonna have so much money from the PGA Tour. Why are they gonna want to be traveling to the middle of Canada and? Wherever they go in the Champions Tour week after week, who's going to play that tour? I tell you, who's going to play you know, the Champions I, Tour? I, you know, I can tell you based on when I talked to TA3, he still loves the competition. All those guys are just jacking, jacking around the range. Like it's like a, it's like their country club. That's kind of what he, he was getting at. I feel like, and he might not be a great example because I don't think he's 
made quite as much money as some of those guys, and I think he spent a lot of it too. Um, but it seems like they enjoy each other's company. It's like they're, you know, it's like they're part of the club still. I don't know. We're looking at Bernard be- Longer. Longer's just like, he's out there just grinding. I mean, the dude's just a competitive freak. Yeah, they're just, they're, they're just really competitive. Like it fills a void they, in his life. Winning, yeah. Right? It's like going out and playing pool at the bar. Like, you just want to get a win in, right? Well, these guys can still do it for a little bit of money. So they want to play at the highest level they can, I would think. I'll tell you, he's chomping at the bit to get out there. He's got a few years to go, but he's too ball. Getting that, nope. getting that ancillary think, uh, income. If I had to pick one, I'd say David Toms would probably be a good Champions Tour guy. Sure. But the, guy, the guy's made like $40 million as is. Like, is he really going to want to go play the Champions Tour? I mean, I don't know why. He'll probably put some kids through college. And then, you know what? I, you know what? I'd like to go play a little golf. It's like playing in the, in the you know, uh, country club championship for him. Hey, right? man, David Toms has won $40 million, and he – he went down to the Puerto Rico Open and played this year. Like, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, I just think, I can't pick. I, I ask because I can't picture like Bubba or someone or like Duffner or any of those guys playing the Champions Tour, or Phil for that matter. I could see Duffner playing. Phil's he's an interesting one because he's you know whether he does maybe plays here or there for the fans or not. I don't know. That's that's interesting. Phil should just start his own barnstorming tour, washbuckling <laughs> tour. McEnroe and those guys did that, you know, all those, like, kind of, like, semi-retired, washed-up tennis players. Like, they did that world team tennis tour. Like, I think something like that still goes on. Because just the other night, I was watching Michael Chang play, like, Mark Philippousis. It was that's a great matchup right there. Yeah. It was it was so intriguing, but it was like, I really wanted to change it, but I couldn't. Like, I just had to keep watching. Mark Philippousis is served with. That guy, that guy had straight fire coming up. Yeah. He was a this... bomb threat from the baseline, Todd. Bomb oh, my. Yeah, and Chang was, Chang plays the same. I mean, he was giving it 110%. Phil Pudis had this big knee brace on. He was lumbering. Chang was you know what? Him up. Chang was the coach of that Japanese guy um, in the U.S. Open. Oh, Nishikora. Yeah, he just Yeah, left. he was the coach. Yeah. So he was up in the stands just living and dying with every shot. It's great. Chang was always a technician, you know. Yeah, well, he had to be. Yeah, he didn't have the physical traits as other guys did. Um, hey, did you guys switching gears here? Did you guys happen to watch the ending of the Euro Tour event over in Switzerland? Yeah, I did. That, that's first of all, that's my favorite thing. Like Saturday, Sunday morning, wake up at like hungover, like nine thirty, ten o'clock, flip that on, catch like the last six holes, and. You know, and then they're in Switzerland, so it was like this alpine paradise. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, okay, so what do you think of the course? <laughs> I thought it was Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, so that 18th hole belonged at Euro Disney. <laughs> it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It was what? It was like 380, it was like 385 yards, and like there's, like just in it, like it was canted, like straight to the right, and then yeah. there was that pond up there that was like way too small for you to take it seriously. Tiny right. green, and then like a chalet is like the clubhouse. Yeah, I had this utility shed over to the right, <laughs> like a concrete swimming pool. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. 
but the utility shed, like, you didn't get a drop from it. Like, you had to play it. Like, you had to bank it off utility shed. Or, like, so, like, they were saying, I didn't realize this this, this course was, like, I guess Seve, Seve hit, like, this miraculous shot around the utility shed. Like, like this thing has been in the been on the Euro Tour for years and years and years. Okay. But, so, it's like, all right, so it's part of the lore. All right, maybe we're, like, the ignorant Americans then, but it was – I, yeah, I gotta admit, this was kind of my first time watching the event. It, it Boy, just seemed... I didn't understand like why dudes weren't hitting like six iron off that tee and just trying to just hug that left corner because dudes were just pounding it either into that bunker down the right yeah. or into the utility shed, and then like this <laughs> pin was just like this pin was so tight over the swimming pool. And well, left. Up... <laughs> yeah, we left. Left, though, you're in this gnarly rough, and then you're hitting at this green with, again, the water protecting it. Like, there just was no – there was no bailout off the tee. <laughs> and then Ka- and then Kepka, our boy, just just completely – Yeah, he just gassed it down the street. He ran out of gas last Well, he made a six on, the, on 18 on Saturday. So he had a great yeah. round going. He was like six or seven under going into 18. He made a double. And then yeah. Sunday, bogey 17, bogey's 18. It was- so I got it. He, he made his par on 18 to his credit. He got up and down, but it wasn't. Did, all right, who is David Lipsky? You got, you don't know about Lipsky? No, the American. Literally, I watched and I was like, I don't know who this guy is. I felt horrible. I felt, yeah, I still don't know who he is. I didn't even take the time to read Oh, he's American? I watched yeah. like American. I watched like three or four hours of it did not realize the guy was American. Yeah, he's American. American. I have no idea who he is. I don't either. Is he a young guy? Is he, is he one of the guys that has to go play over in Europe because of the new qualifying system? He's, well, he's 29, so, I think. Yeah, he's, he's not a young gun. He's 26. I just looked him up. Oh, 26. And I think his status was actually on the Asian tour this year. Yeah, current tour is Asian tour. You're right. He's like working that. I, I think he's working like the Todd Hamilton playbook. Like he'll probably win the 2018 British Open. Well, if there's ever any playbook to follow as a young golfer, definitely got to be the Todd Hamilton playbook. Well, one more thing about this. So I, I don't think any of you guys saw the actual playoff, but all right. So Graham Storm, let me just walk you through really quickly. Graham Storm hits it. He's blocked out. He's stymied by the uh, by the utility shed, right? Lipsky uh, hits it into the bunker. So he's probably got, I'm guessing, maybe 120 to the green. Nice lie in the bunker. Storms storms over by the utility shed. Doesn't get relief. Well, he gets relief, but he's got to play out sideways. So he punches it out to the fairway. Well, Lipsky instead of just taking iron, he could hit it into the grandstands over the green and take a drop. This guy punches it out low and left into the deep rough to where he's got about a 40-yard pitch that's gnarly downhill back towards the water. Like, somehow he thought that was his best play, and it was incredible. I sat there thinking, this is the stupidest decision I've seen in Of course he gets it up and down and wins the tournament, though. But it was just, it was I, I couldn't believe I was watching it in real time. It was really great. You guys have no idea how hard it is to picture this hole based on what you described. And Mickey I probably Mouse. didn't do it justice at all. But I it was a, a swimming I pool utility utility shed. Shed. I think the utility shed was one of those things. Like, I think this might have been a ski run, and, they, and they're making snow out of this utility shed. They're pumping. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're making snow. 
Like, Littleton did everything he could not to win that tournament, and but he did. It was how great. Was, how was the uh, Phil? How was the vibe over there in Switzerland? It was a really. I just seemed really cheerful. Like the Swiss are like, I think they're just really happy. <laughs> you know, you're up in the mountains. You got beautiful scenery. It looks like a nice day. I think those people don't have a care in the world. Whenever I see a a Euro Tour playoff, I just turn it off. Because honestly, I know they play the 18th hole over <laughs> and over <laughs> again. And That's I just have flashbacks yeah. to the. I think it was like the Madeira Islands Open. Yeah, kind of like my time. They played the same hole like eight or nine, and it was like the most nondescript par four in the world. Yeah. These dudes just kept making pars. It was awesome. Well, but I just turned it off. It was like it's captivating. It was, yeah. What's the one Sergio was in this year? It was the par five that he kept hitting like three wood eight iron onto every hole every time. Was that yeah. the one in in, in Cotter or in Cutter? I uh, I don't know. In the I year. Tell you. When he well, when he I, when he beat Nico Hillman. As Tron said, you know, you're, you're always groggy watching these things. It's like, part of you is like, is this, like, you're not sure if you're still kind of dreaming, you're hungover, you don't really yeah, know what's going on. recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Commentators are cheeky as hell. They're so cheeky. They're throwing out references. It's like, it's way over my head that early. There's bad chiclets everywhere. Flashing <laughs> <laughs> of gum. Yeah. I'm going, to the, I'm going to the mirror. I'm, like, flossing while I'm watching. Like, yeah. Dental uh, hygiene. All right. Well, well that sounds, we're talking that about sounds golf. Like a segue into Sally. Take take us take us to the bridge here. Uh, all right. Since we're talking about golf over in Europe, there's a little event coming up in a few weeks that has been talked about a little bit. Uh, what are we? Twenty or no less than that? We're like 18 days away from the Ryder Cup. Phil, tell us. Do you have any opinions? Oh. On Tom Watson's Ryder Cup selections. I'm going to warn you guys, first, we're a house divided um, on most issues when it comes to captain's picks, but Phil's got, I think, some scalding hot takes ready to roll. Yeah, I, I, I'll i try to lay these out. You know, I, I'll try to make some sense here. I, I thought it was – I thought they were the most uninspired, unimaginative, stale, totally lacking pop picks I've – I've ever seen in my life. I was totally disgusted by them. It, it, let me lay out my case. All right. What, U.S. has lost four out of the last five Ryder Cups. Is that right? Got to be, at least. Yeah. Seven out of the last nine. Okay. So whatever we're doing, it's not really working, right? We can agree on that. You know, mm-hmm. we haven't exactly been rolling in success here. Absolutely. And I get it. All right. Listen. Guys have all been on the team before. They're good players. They're all good players. Uh, and you know, maybe we play this in a month, and I look like an idiot. They all go four and zero in the U.S. Whatever. I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong at that point. But I'm thinking, all right, let's start with Mayhan. He, he has a good PGA Championship. He wins the Barclays. He's in. Like what? What? What I miss there? Like I, I'll let him well, go. He's, he's not so. He's a good match play player, too. I think that holds weight. He, he did win well the WGC. He did win the WGC. All right. These three guys, their, their career Ryder Cup singles record is like 0-3-1. None of them have ever won a singles match. All right. Keegan's been a good partner with Phil. Webb was a good partner with Bubba. I'm getting there. But so these guys aren't world beaters is, is my whole point. You know, these guys aren't. 
they're good American players. They're not the future of American golf. They're not, you know, they're not the next big thing. And from, again, I get why Watson picked them. They're good players. From my perspective, American viewer, they don't bring any sizzle. I want, I want fresh blood. I want new faces. I want fresh faces. Todd, Todd and I were talking earlier, and he laid out best. It was kind of like what Jurgen Klinsmann did coming into the men's national soccer. Essentially, he brought in a whole new pool of players, and a lot of those guys were young, unproven, you know, Julian Green, um, there's the left back that just went over. And these guys stepped up. Now, granted, not all the guys stepped up, and certainly maybe not all the golfers will. But I think that's what was needed, especially in light of we've lost seven of the last nine Ryder Cups. Something's got to give. And I thought Watson had enough juice and enough cachet and kind of, you know, he's been successful enough where he could have really changed things and gone out on a limb and picked some guys who, given them a chance, perhaps jumpstart a couple careers. I mean, he's in a position where he could maybe create the next great American golfer. Like, pick a Brooks Kefka. He goes over to Europe, you know, beats a Sergio, beats a Rory in a Sunday singles match. All of a sudden, you might have the next big American thing. You never know. Um, as a viewer, I'd be much more interested, I think, you bring a guy like Kepka, who finished 39th, I think, in the Ryder Cup standings. This is a guy who really didn't have any 2013 results, didn't even have status anywhere on tour this year. He got a tied for fourth at the U.S. Open. Um, has been balling out in Europe. I think you bring a guy like him. I'm partial to Horschel. I've been partial to Horschel all year. This win only cements that. But I would have picked him, I think, prior to this. His energy. You like Keegan? Horschel's even better. And he gets along with everybody. What pissed me off, too, is they brought Webb along, essentially as Bubba's babysitter. Like, cause no <laughs> we better bring Webb because at least he'll tolerate him. Like, it just... I think Tom missed a big opportunity to get some fresh blood in. And I probably... I don't know. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. I get it, Phil. I'm I uh I, I I agree. I think I talked about this, I don't remember with who on a podcast maybe a month or two ago. You know, maybe this is the year you just reach for some some Brendan Todd or somebody like that, whoever Todd, was hot at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the problem with that is you there wasn't that guy really there to make that move. So when you look at between like Horschel and Mayhan. Uh, so Horschel had a, uh, you know, obviously the picks were made before this win last weekend. Horschel had a tie for second finish at Boston. Mayhan had won the previous week. So even as a current form, Horschel does not have the advantage necessarily over Mayhan. The current form, they're pretty much in line. And so you got to look, you gotta, he's going to look to, all right, Mayhan balled out in the match play. He's balled at the President's Cup. He got a 21 and 9 career match play record. He's been on two Ryder Cup teams. I don't see what real advantage other than, you know, Horschel hasn't been on a losing Ryder Cup team versus taking somebody like Mayhan. Now, yeah. Horschel going and winning this week kind of makes me, you know. How did Horschel do at the Walker Cup? I think he played on a Walker Cup team, right? He did. I have no idea what his record, record was there. But um, I, I, I feel like there wasn't that guy making the move or, like, really trending towards a Ryder Cup spot. Chris Kirk was the popular pick 
last week after winning, and all of a sudden he, I mean, he missed cut the PGA Championship. He had a really slow second half of the year, and he finished 15 shots behind Horschel this week, and no one's really talking about him again. It's like there's a popular guy that's going to pop up every week. I think that if somebody really made a case, that they would have gotten the spot over Webb since then, absolutely. I think Webb was the fault. Like, I don't have anyone I can really go to right now. There just wasn't, like, Horschel and Kepka did not do enough to state their case. And Horschel even admitted that. I mean, he, in his press conference, Horschel said, you know, I'm sure Tom Watson isn't kicking himself for not picking me. I'm sure he wants to kick me for not playing well sooner. Like, Horschel knew he needed to get his ass in shape before he did. I get that. And I, th- those are all valid. I, and certainly Mayhem. I, I think I, I'm willing to look. Mayhem you can leave on the team. It's the other two spots. But I think I think with disappointment in Watson and kind of drawing it back to that Klingsman analogy, I want him to have foresight. I want him to maybe choose a guy who he thinks will perform in that spot who hasn't necessarily earned it strictly on his performance, but a guy who maybe he sees the talent and he sees, you know, this guy will respond in that position. And I get it. Golf's different than soccer. Soccer's a team game. Yeah. But I was looking for Watson – maybe go out on a limb and it just feels like the captain's picks are like why don't we just take spots 10 through 12 if we're just going to pick like the next three biggest names who had good years like I, I guess what I'm saying is like I'd like to see the captain's pick at least one of the captain's picks like you guys like, like go outside the box you know stop thinking yeah. like maybe right, you and I say Kepka because I think Kepka has had a really good year without status and he's a guy who maybe you put in that spot. You, you, granted, I have no idea how he'd react. Maybe he'd be comfortable over there. It'd be terrible. But then on the other hand, maybe he thrives, and all of a sudden you got a Ryder Cup stalwart for the next, you know, 15 years. I, I just thought this year in particular too, where the Euros are such a big favorite on paper. You know, I hate to admit it, we're probably gonna lose anyway, so this is probably all moot. Why not take a chance maybe on a couple guys? who might react well in that spot. I, I think that that's probably my biggest frustration. I thought Horschel and Kepka were two guys that fit that mold. I got some goodies from the 2008 Walker Cup, which was the Walker Cup team that Horschel played on. He um, Basically, the U.S. team was Ricky Fowler, Horschel, Dustin Johnson, Chris Kirk, Colt Nost, Tripp Keeney, Jamie Lovemark, Jonathan Moore, Webb Simpson, Kyle Stanley. Rory was on the Great Britain England team. Uh, David Horsey, Reese Davies, um, Danny Willett. So some pretty good players. Horschel and Fowler played Monday foursomes together, one four and three. Then Horschel goes out, beats Rory straight up, one up in the afternoon singles match. Then Horschel and Fowler team up again, beat Rory and some other chap two to one. And then Horschel lost to Rory four and two in the afternoon singles matches. But they they sent they sent Horschel out first in every single match in all all four all four stages of of the thing. He went three. Basically, he was he was the rock of the squad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also went zero and three. Hey, watch yourself. Sorry. I I guess I mean I uh, that's what you were saying about Watson. I felt like of all people, Watson would go the route that he did, that he would go very chalky. I felt like if it was somebody like Taven or Azinger who really – Azinger really owned the process of capping his team. Like, 
he shook yeah, things he was up. Proactive. He put, yeah. yeah, he shook things up and, and he wanted to he had a formula he wanted, he had the pod system, he he changed the system to four captain's picks. Watson wanted to change it back to two captain's picks. He, it felt like he wanted to be as as little involved as possible in deciding the team, which I think I, I, I just don't think he was the kind of guy that was gonna go bold. Like Hal Sutton, when he was captain, he was a terrible captain and put Phil and Tiger together because that's what the crowd wanted to see, literally what he said. Like, he's the kind of guy that would go bold and just uh, throw some ego into it and really pick his true instinct, guys. I think Watson went with the least controversial and safest picks purposefully. I just I think that's, kind of, that's just kind of how I've seen the way he's handled the entire captain process. Yeah, and that's probably my fault for not really understanding Tom Watson in person. But I guess I was coming from from he could he could go out on a limb and probably gets a bit more leeway from the media and and yeah he's got the credibility. Tom Watson right and yeah. so that's why I was thinking well maybe leverage yeah that but yeah you're right you know maybe that's his personality. And again, maybe it works out and the U.S. wins, and I'll admit I was wrong happily. But that well, can we just be glad that he didn't take Snedeker, though? Yes, I thought with a week to go, I thought he was going to take Snedeker. I yeah, I thought he was going to pick him. I thought the suits from Mastercard were going to have something to say about that. To be honest, I'd rather almost have Snedeker than Keegan. Like Keegan, Keegan almost bothered. Like I don't know, man. I don't like his whole pre-shot routine. I guess he's. I don't know. Dude, I watched him at, at Medina in person. It was hyped, awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. He, no one he loved it more than him. He was just so, absolutely bombing the ball. It really did elevate him. I think. I think he will. I think he's gonna play fine. The, the one I'm worried about most is Webb. I got a question for you guys. Do you think how is how is Team Chem over there for the U.S. without without Cat on the team? Um, I don't know how much that matters. I, I don't know how much any team chemistry matters. You don't think so? Years. You don't think having having Tiger, like, I mean, he obviously doesn't have a good record in the Ryder Cup for years. I, honestly, I think I, I, everything I've heard about Tiger would be like, I think he'd be like a fun guy to hang out with. I, I think he, like, I think Except him being that team would help chemistry. But I, I feel like just with Tiger around, guys kind of just, uh, defer to him kind of owning the locker room and kind of he just adds a whole element almost distraction level to it I mean you, anyone you pair with him has got to really have experience playing with Tiger to just deal with that his his aura that still exists whether for better or for worse at this point um, and just the extra attention that comes with playing with him I think that it's just a whole other distraction and I don't I don't I don't think it's that big of a coincidence that the one team he wasn't hasn't been on in the last 15 years was the team that won. I think it's just, it's a uh, if he's going to not be in true Tiger form, like peak Tiger form, I'd rather not have him on the team to be honest. All right, I got a couple of pairings for y'all. Tell me Good. if these or not. I'm putting Pat Reed with Spieth, just unbridled competitiveness, just melt your face off like. <laughs> All right, all right, I like it. And then I'm also I'm putting Zach Johnson with Bubba. I can see that. I mean, but where are you going to put Webb then? I mean, Webb, that's Webb's specific role is to play with Bubba. I would sit Webb. Uh, you could almost put Zach and Pat Reed or Zach and Spieth together too. I mean, like well, game wise, I feel like Zach and Bubba. You put them together in like that in alternate shot. 
Am I crazy for thinking Pat Reed could be hurt and not be playing on this team in a few weeks? He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would bow out. He, like, I think he's going to try to play regardless of anything, but you can't explain yeah. to me how he, uh, how he fell apart that badly the last few weeks. Like that, I mean, that's some well, the last two or three days at, at, at Cherry Hill. I mean, yeah, he played awful the first day, but, you know. He didn't think he broke par, did he? Oh, yeah, he shot. Let's see. He's 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 a guy. I, I can't wait to see how he plays because there's a big part of me that thinks. He, I think he's gonna be. I sweet, hope he man. kicks it in. Yeah, I hope he does too. I, I really do. I I, I hope his forms. I, I hope his form will let him. I, I still kind of like the guy. I like his confidence. Hmm. He did shoot 67 the final day. I didn't see that. So yeah. he actually he beat Mayhan for the event. He battled so, back, you know. Yeah. Um, what's uh, a liability? Yeah. There's too many question marks, man. It's just, every time I try to talk myself into it, I, I, there's just not enough guys playing well. And if Bubba's going to be the ringleader of this team, like, God help us all. Yeah, that's such, that's just a bad look for America as a whole. I got a question. How like how involved are the caddies in, like, the the team chemistry and the – you know, the camaraderie, even, like, the team room. Like, are the caddies just kind of hanging out on their own? Or how, how does that work at a team competition like this? No idea. I don't think they're hanging out in the team room. I, yeah, probably. I, I don't know. That would be a good question. We should try to find the answer to that. Here's what I wanted. I, I would love to get on that ping pong table in the team room. <laughs> It might be the only time there's any close does, matches going on this week. Does Cooch week. not lack pop on the ping pong table? Uh, apparently, he's the one to beat. Really? Yeah, he's like a former standout tennis player. Yeah. He's just so, a country club savant. I'll tell you what my dream is. My dream is to have Kevin Na playing on a U.S. Ryder Cup team on foreign <laughs> soil. That would be just. That would be the highest drama. He, the yeah, highest a, theater. Bring Kevin Knock. Give the people what they want this year. Like, God. <laughs> I love Sarkis' idea. You pair Knock and Watson together. Like, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm frustrated. I I, I was just hoping to see some new folks. But I'm, I'm frustrated that they're not playing well. I mean, I... I, I I, it's just been a pretty bad. Hey, man. I mean, maybe it's you know what two three two and a half three weeks away. I mean, that's like that's like a, a streak in and of itself. Like some of these yeah. uh, you know a lot of these guys, you know, especially the ones that aren't deep in the FedEx Cup cut. Like if they're not, you know, both in the top twenty, I'm sure you know they're going to be gearing up for this. You know, that's why I think it was ridiculous that the that the tour had to play four in a row with the FedEx Cup and then you got the the uh Ryder Cup. That's what Yeah, that's Nicholson's whole thing. It's that was his thing two years ago too. Didn't he get him to take a week off two years ago? Or am I, I, think, I, I think so. I don't know. I, I had no problem with this W D. I thought that was great. I did have a problem with Keegan's W D. Like I'm tired of these guys getting getting patted on the back for calling something on themselves that they should have called during the round. Like, give me a break. Yeah, that's golf. Yeah, that's golf. 
Uh, he he, he got subsequent to... information though, didn't he? Like a fan later told him that he thought he saw the ball bounce out of the pitch mark or something. I don't think he knew that at the time when, when that happened. I don't know. It's like scan Tringala. Like that was bad. That was really bad. You just for a week and you didn't say anything. Like come on, man. Well, that's the thing is his his I think it was Matt Jones, his playing partner, was like the one that kind of called him on it and like he denied it. He denied that he had intent and basically came with on a putt. And, like, after the round, like, uh, what's his name? Jones didn't challenge him at all. I, I, I'm going off memory here. This, one's a, this may be wrong. But after the round, Jones asked him about it. It was like, look, look, it looked like you whiffed on that putt. And Cam said no. Then five days later, he said, yeah, there was intent. Like, that. that's a lot sketchier than what happened to Keegan. I think Keegan wanted to get the hell out of town. And For sure. Like, I don't yeah, I I think believe that was, this a, con, that was a convenient reason, why, uh, reason to get out, like, like dad was dad already had the 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 jet gassed up and <laughs> yeah that was that was awesome that's yeah he told Keegan we're we're gone we're leaving so this place leaving with or without you <laughs> <laughs> hey I, here's what I'm gonna flip out if and I I bet he does it I I bet he I honestly bet he does it if Watson plays Burek in four ball I'm gonna flip out absolutely lose it I don't know man. He's won eight and one in his Derek career. One eight Derek and one. Out first in Sunday singles. That's why everything I hear from Tron, this is Fury's redemption year. This is, yeah, this is what he's been building for. He said this circle of calendar for two years, man. It's gonna be awesome. the guy's a warrior, man. This is his battle. He's playing. He's putting the best he's ever putted. I think he's putting lights out. You know, I think he's on the. I think he's a man on a mission. Well, they're not going to be able to fit in 36 holes a day if they're going to send him out for two sessions. I mean, there's just not enough daylight over there. There's not enough five-hour energies to get him through the round. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess Reed's an easy rest right now if if his, like, you know. I think think Reed's going to be ready, man. I hope. I I don't see how you – I mean, yeah, is anyone at risk of getting the Andrew Coltart treatment and – and you'd be, and John Vandeveld being benched for the first two days and only going out for singles. Yeah, I mean, who 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 are we sitting then? I mean, I wouldn't. I'd have a hard time sending Reed out right now. Because you know, Phil and Keegan are playing together, right? I mean, that's almost guaranteed now. That's yeah. the future. I think the guy likes Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, could, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, it's gonna be Phil Keegan, Bubba, and Webb. Um, Kucher in some capacity, ZJ in some capacity, and Fowler and Spieth. It would be the first eight out, in my opinion. Ooh, Fowler Spieth duo would be really tasty. Really is that like tasty. is that like putting too many eggs in one basket though? Those maybe are could be our two best players for the whole event. Do we want to pair them together? Well, rewind. Did you say VJ? No, D- Zach. ZJ. DJ. Oh. Zachary. Okay. He's taking the pledge. I, I guess like a Zach and Kucher pairing. I don't know. I, I'm really excited to see Spieth play. I think you could put Spieth with anybody. I do too. But what's your guys' strategy? And Neil, I'm curious to hear your strategy on the West Coast. I mean, so for me, Central Time Zone, it comes on at 1.30 a.m. Like, I'm literally coming home from work Thursday afternoon, taking some nickel, passing out for as many hours as I can, and waking up at 1, starting the coffee and watching through the morning. I heard Neil was boycotting because Brian Arnold was not on the team. Yeah, my boy Marky Mark didn't make the cut. I thought that was where the captain pitched it. Simply because he would have represented America. 
you know, really embodies the Teddy Roosevelt. You know, he walks quietly with a big stick, kind of just meanders around the golf course looking like Mark Wilbert. Anyway, uh, I think what 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 time does it start for you, Scott? One thirty for me, so it'll be eleven thirty for you. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, then that's just prime time. I'll just stay up, um, probably with Paul, my roommate, and uh, you know we'll probably be very engaged on the the social media. Um, there could be cold beer involved. I don't know. You know, we'll have to see. Um, I was gonna say you almost have to like those big events with Twitter now. It's so much fun to be on Twitter and watching live. It's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like college football. The second screen is better than the first screen. The second screen yeah. is essential these days. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no like no option other than watch it live. Is this the first year it's been live for like when they were in Europe? Mm. I, I don't. I, I couldn't tell you. I feel like last. I feel like four years ago it was, but I don't know. I also yeah. just go back to the pairings for a second. I think that I'd like to see. Watson pair some of the older guys with the older guys and the younger guys. With the, like, I'd like to see Fowler and Spieth together, right? And I'd probably like to see, like, ZJ play with somebody that, like, like, like Mayhan, right? Somebody that's older. I don't know why. I just want to see the young bucks try to ball out together because it's almost like all these older guys haven't won shit. So I know that's what I'm saying. Let's see what these guys can do now, like, and put them together and see if they can rally. Like, you know, because it's usually like you put Keegan with Phil. Like, they have, like, a mentor, right? Like kind of make it their Stricker. team. Yeah, like, Spieth was with Stricker back at the President's Cup, and he didn't really play that well. I mean, it was, what, 18, but it's like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, like, have, like make them, like, own it, you know? Basically, they got to ride together. I think Ricky might be our number one player. Yeah, I agree. I'm on board. With that. Hey, can we talk about what I wrote in the recap? What do you guys think? Why did they decide the teams as early as they do? What's the point? Like, why why couldn't they have waited until this? I think they got to get logistics and stuff straightened out. And, yeah, you know, somebody had the idea. It's probably the way they've always done it. Yeah, I thought this was genius. Though Watson should have taken Stricker and then bought himself an extra couple of weeks until Stricker backed out with a tip injury. Yeah, I'm sure there are ways around it. Like, he could have just taken Tiger, too. Like, even though Tiger said he didn't want to play, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't know either. I, I'm sure Todd's right. I'm sure logistically it makes life much easier for guys coordinating schedules, but it just. The programs and all that shit, too. You gotta get. It does seem a bit strange, but yeah, I don't know. That's another interesting wrinkle about Horschel, though, too, is his wife's due, I think, right around Ryder Cup time. Like, would he have even made the trip? Mm. I that's would, that's I would, interesting. I would we say should give, ask birth, give birth over in over in the UK, you know, and get that dual citizenship. You can't you can't fly in your third trimester. Or does he send like Frock into the delivery room as his proxy? You know, that's a serious conundrum. It may be. I mean, I think Horschel's going to be around for Ryder Cup, but literally it could be. Either the birth of your first child or your first Ryder Cup. Like that's a, honestly a really hard decision. By the way, I just gotta get this out of my system. I think alternate shots suck. I do too. <laughs> like, like great transition. Tough. Whoa! Like, let me put on my flame retardant clothing here, Tron, before you drop a take like that. 
we were at President's Cup. Like we were watching alternate shot. I guess that was that was Saturday, and that was just the most mediocre viewing experience in person. Like, well, it was Brendan you got, DeYoung. <laughs> you got four guys out there, and each one of them's hitting, you know, one or two shots on most of the hole. You know, one shot on some of the holes, two shots on some of the holes. But it's like. There wasn't any golf being played. There's only five groups out on the course, or four groups out on the course. It was like, yeah. Whoa, man, this is this is not what I signed up for. Well, you're telling me that watching Brendan DeYoung and Brendan Grace tee up for alternate shot in the President's Cup was not exhilarating? <laughs> also true. Yeah, but, dude, I followed Jason Day and Graham DeLille around, like, half the trip there. So, it's, yeah. Time to nationalize Jason Day. He needs to be American, and he needs to be on the next Ryder Cup team. He needs to be sponsored by Jason Kelly. Yeah. Jason! Jason Day! Although, he's a little brittle, man. What's up with the with the injury? Yeah. God, dare to say, lacks pop? No, he got too much pop. Getting ejected from the A-gap. You hate to see it. So. Well, hey, should we end on uh, some quick general FedEx Cup uh, thoughts? Yeah. Dot com. Yeah, I want to hear your yeah. uh, your 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 take on uh, building a, a true playoff. So I got a couple ideas, right? I got a couple ideas. The one that came to me the other day was why not make the Tour Championship keep it top thirty-two, make it totally match play. Uh, have your top eight seeds, and then do random draws for eight groups of four guys, do round robins, essentially just like the FIFA World Cup. So you have eight pools, everybody plays everybody, and then you get, you know, 16 guys advancing um, somehow, you know, maybe top two from each pool, I guess. And then those 16 guys play uh, knockout down to a champion. You know, you can do the semis and finals six holes or whatever. Uh, that's a lot of golf, so maybe that's not feasible, but um, they just got to spice it up. This, you know, 32 player stroke play tour championship is is boring. Like, this time of year, the, the web.com playoffs are much more uh, intriguing and entertaining to me. I, the FedEx Cup playoffs are they, they're, they're nothing. It's, it's, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't bring people in if you're having to do math involved still in the final tournament, like if you want it to be a playoff, like have it be a playoff. I'm fine with like, you know, staggering up to the 32, you know, person thing, like you're saying, I think maybe you yeah. give the top guys more of an advantage, like a buy of some kind. I don't know how you do the math on that without laying it out myself. Yeah. You could do it like, yeah, like a double buy. Yeah. You could, you could, you know, rig the, the bracketing to give incentives, but yeah, I think like just a match player, just the, the tour championship as is just really lacks pop. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's using that. It's just I'll be yeah, honest, yeah. guys. I like I get tickets every year, and I've been like once out of the last five years. It's just there's only there's, there's only 15 groups on the course. By the time you get to Saturday, like you know half the field is like there's playing out of strength. Like 25 yeah, shots emotions. off the lead. Like you guys, yeah. Like I, like I remember one year Tiger. I saw a tiger around, and, like, you know, it was Saturday morning, and the dude was, like... He pulled he out like, that wig, Todd. 
Remember? Yeah. yeah. He was like 20 shots off the lead. He was like, yeah, get me out of here. Black, he played in an afro and like wore a hat over the afro. And everybody was like, oh, my God, Tiger has a sense of humor. And it was it was pretty funny. Well, they used to play the tournament a lot later, too. So I think it was like, it was either, I don't think it was around Halloween, but I think it was, there was something going on with that. But, but it leads into my other point. It's like, I don't know how you guys feel, but like the web.com playoffs are actually like really awesome. Like it's, it's like, cause those guys are playing for their livelihoods. Like, I, I think know the, the PGA guys too. The best thing on that is, not the web.com guys that made that, because they already have, you know, the top 25 that already have their cards. Yeah. Like Carlos Ortiz, who got that gangster battlefield exemption. But uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's the guys like Trevor Immelman. Like, the dudes that won this event last year, it was, like, Trevor Immelman. Um, trying to think, I think Sung You'll Know won one. Yeah, they throw the they throw the tour guys back into the, oh, the challenge. Yeah. My problem with it, though, is, like, the, yeah, those last few spots are what makes it compelling, like who got their card and who got left off. But if you're making it at the bottom of that barrel, you're not getting any in any tournament. So, like, you think there's 125 people that retain their card. Then you have all the people with the medical exemptions. Then you got people using the, their lifetime exemptions, their career money list exemptions. And then you go to the priority list coming off the web.com. And you're coming off there and you're 40th on the priority list. You're not getting in the Memorial Tournament. You're not getting in Quail Hollow. You're not. You getting ain't getting in, in those tournaments because those are invitational too. So I mean, but you're getting in. I think they got enough early season events. Like you can get into, you can get into the Bob Hope. Yeah, I mean, you but get into Tory. You go out to Sony. You can go play in Hawaii. Yeah, you can get into Tory because they they have a big field with that one. Because it's, it's right. But I'm saying it's like it's not that great of a break. Like the guys that you know break through near the top and are able to get in all these tournaments are the guys, are guys that really earn something and are someone to watch in the following years. I just feel like I'm, I just hate the system as it is. Just, I've been on Twitter about that all week. You know, I, I just can't stand it. I don't enjoy it at all. Yeah, I guess the drama is a bit. Yeah, it's it's a bit uh, manipulated, maybe. But I think it's better I, than going to than going to Q school and. You know, an arbitrary six rounds on on a resort course in either Florida or Arizona or Palm Springs. Like, oh, and I agree with that. This is a more equitable way to do it. The, the allure of Q school for me though was you could literally, like, I could walk into the local Q school. Qual- like, you or I or anybody could walk off the street and get a PGA Tour card for the next year. But now you have to go through the web dot com, and you know it. There, there are different hoops you can jump through. I, I'm curious I kind of, to see what the like the, the percentage of guys that are retaining their cards now yeah. the key school route. That would be it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just feel like some guys don't need to do a year on on the web.com tour. Like Speed is an exception to the rule. Like he took his whatever eight sponsors exemptions and earned enough money to earn special temporary membership on the tour. Kepka went that route as, as well. He got special temporary membership, but he didn't win, so he couldn't make his way into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Like, you have to win to even make it into the playoffs for some reason that you could not explain to me. Mark um, Folly did that too, right? Kind of, I think, like a couple of years ago. Like, he never actually had his PGA Tour card. Really? I didn't know that. I don't can ne- never count that guy out, though. <laughs> yeah, but Folly was, yeah, was one of those guys. It was like... Uh, 
Tiger, then Collie, and Speed are like the people who've never gone through what was Q School. Yeah. But like, there's enough guys that have gone through Q School that have come on the tour and won. Like Stanley's won, and everybody's boy John Ha did it. Like those are just like the most recent examples I could think of. Like. I, I feel like it just it would be a lot more of a chance to make the tour rather than this mandatory. You got to do a year of traveling to Boise and to, you know yeah. North. Sure. Like, yeah, I mean you got to pay your dues though. You know, do you though? Uh, yeah, I mean if you're. If, I like, mean look at Keegan. Guy, Keegan went out and like he, he played. He did not play well for the majority of the years. First year on the web.com. I mean he just you know and then he he had like a four tournament stretch where he finished. Top five, I think, four four weeks in a row. Didn't something he won? Yeah, I um, mean, certain guys. It, yeah, it makes sense. For you to, you know, have to pay your dues. But like for the top guy, like like Kepka, like who doesn't want to go? But like, I'm not saying he's, he thinks he's too good for the system. He just like, I'm gonna go play in Europe. I'm not gonna go, you know, go to Colombia and Panama. Yeah, but we got solid. That's the point. Think about it from a business standpoint for the tour. Like to build out the minor leagues like that. Like that gets golf more exposure like, different tournaments. Like, with Q School, it was a little closed off. I mean, I could be wrong about that. But you think, like, making the web.com tour very competitive over the course of the year and then doing these playoffs, like, that grows the game. That's more revenue on and on. They're going to Boise. They're going to, you know, Wichita, wherever these tournaments are, like, off the beaten track so that, you know, pro more exposure. I think part of it, too, is, I mean, I, I guess one of my issues with the web tour is, they don't – the majority of these tournaments, like 85 or 90% of these tournaments, favor dudes that can just take it insanely. Super low, yeah. Yeah, so I think, it, you know, it's really – it really penalizes some of the guys that are super steady, you know, that play better on tough tracks and, you know, yeah. kind of grind, where, you know, it's, you've got some guys that, you know, once they get out on tour, I feel like they're they're better equipped to play well in the Bob Hope Chrysler Classic or the Humana Challenge, whatever they call it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But I I just can't sign on to a system that is going to encourage the best, the truly best young American players to go take their talents to Europe. Like, Uline and Tepka should be playing in the United States. I can't, they know know that the better option is just like, I'm going to go make a lot more money playing actual real professional golf in Europe. I'm not saying the WebEx is not real professional golf. That's the next best thing to the PGA Tour, the European Tour. So yeah, if, the web, if, if it's really improving the web.com tour and giving it more notoriety, those guys wouldn't be going across the pond and playing over there. Well, that's true, and you hear you do hear you do hear rumblings of guys because what they're doing, then they can get into the WGC events. You know, you can yeah. kind of build world ranking, uh, right, and then get into WGCs, and then kind of just you know you have a good week at a WGC. Especially you your year mate. Two of them, yeah, I think they didn't really do anything in the WGC. Like, they got into, like, the Cadillac Championship, and then they didn't, like, not but, play well. But just being there, you earn a shitload of points. Like, you earn money. But, like, last place gets, like, $60,000 at the WGC. Yeah. And, you, and it's a best world ranking, like, you can possibly imagine. So, like, you can finish last place and move up in the world ranking. Like, uh, a lot of people, like, just getting into them is a huge key. Like, it's just free money. I mean... Thong Chai JD's made a career out of it. <laughs> strong, strong Chai, strong Chai. Big unit, Afi Bonrad. We can only hope that, that the big unit can follow. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe we just need to end. Yeah, what's the big unit update? The guy started really strong this season, and then well, you know, he started after his hospitalization. <laughs> I'm not sure he's been the same. 
the reach around schedule, he he really kind of peaked. Yeah, uh, and that'll that's that's not a good you know that's not good for the rest of the year. Uh, I, so you know I've got the I, HSBC I, written like just triple circle on his calendar. <laughs> you know, thinking about this, I can't wait for those prime time uh, Asian events, man. Like yeah, they're great. Oh my god, those are so good. In the Royal oh. Trophy. Oh, the, the Royal Trophy. <laughs> the Royal yeah. Trophy. <laughs> we're, we're three weeks away from the Ryder Cup, and we're talking about the Royal Trophy. I think that's it. I think we're done. We've covered yeah. everything. So, hey, all right. It's been a thanks pleasure, everybody. Guys. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is uh, No Way Up Podcast. Uh, we will be back. Probably do another one, hopefully, either right after the Ryder Cup or right before it. So, No Way Up. I don't like people playing on my phone. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most.